This episode was not the easiest one I've ever done because it was my second day of COVID. I was struggling a little bit. You might be able to hear it in my voice, but Andrew Cardi brought it. Andrew is a video strategist that I've seen speaking around town here in Jacksonville. I made a friendship with him and I had to have him on the show because I find that a lot of people are thinking about creating content for their business. They're thinking about maybe hiring a videographer to do a couple shoots. And it turns out that what you can do when you hire a videographer is much more than what you're expecting originally if you hire a video strategist. So this session was all about if you're going to shoot one piece of content, how you can really squeeze the most out of it and get more than you thought you were going to pay. You're already going to spend a little bit of money for it or you're spending your time on it. So you might as well not use it for the one thing that you're thinking. You might as well use it throughout your whole sales process. You might as well use it for training, things of that sort. Plenty of really actionable advice on this one. If you're joining us for the first time, I want to say thank you. Welcome. If you're coming back, I want to say welcome back. Shout out to somebody who downloaded it last week in Napa Valley, California. Hope you're having a great time out there. And I love the growing audience that it's happening. It continues to grow and it continues to grow because of people like Paul JN316 who left this review. This podcast is one in a million. Practical, positive, focused, fun. Pablo. (laughs) Thanks, Paul. I appreciate you. If you want to leave a review and help the show grow, I'm probably going to read your name on the show. You get to hear yourself. As you can tell, this is a live internet talk show. If you want to join us for future shows, and I think you should because it's as fun as it sounds. You get to meet people. You get to talk to me. You get to be a part of it. I'll make micro content for you on the back end. All you got to do is go to tinyurl.com, B2BCB, season five. And you can join us for the next one. Just sign up and see you there. Not a lot more announcements except for the fact that Ukraine, you are heavily on my heart and my mind. And I'm hoping that the people over there and the Russian people that are in in harm's way as well are taking care of themselves. Okay. Enjoy this episode with the video strategist, Andrew Cardi. If you know how it is, then you know how it might be. But think what it would look like if you grow your own community. It ain't easy. That's why you're listening to hear experiences from others just like you and me. Welcome to the B2B Community Builder Podcast, a show that was started because if you can unlock the power of having a community around your business, then you will create a source of referrals, validation, marketing content, and product feedback that will be unbeatable. But who has time to think about building a community when you need to be making sure that your team has what it needs to succeed in serving clients and bringing in revenue? That is why we'll be talking to business leaders like you and I that have cracked the code on why the community play is so valuable, how to implement tactics that got them there while still serving short-term goals, and what they can teach you that they have mastered. This show is for you if you are a CEO, CMO, or simply a rainmaker that has realized that without a community, you are just a commodity, but haven't figured out how to add it to your infinite list of priorities. This show is for you if you are a community professional or trying to be a community professional that is trying to convince leadership about the need to invest in a community strategy. This show is not for you if you think transactions are more valuable than relationships. I am your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez. 
co-founder of BeTheStage.Live, a marketing company that specializes in relationship-driven growth. I invented the relationship flywheel, and hopefully, I'm your new best friend. So smash that subscribe button, leave a rating when you do, and get ready to plug into the power of community creation for business development. Let's go. We are officially live on Facebook, season five of the B2B Community Builder Show. I'm your host and chief executive connector, Pablo Gonzalez. And with me today, we've got a friend of mine that it is long overdue to have him on this show. I heard him, actually, you know, I met him at a Association for Talent Development Networker that uh, that I... Yeah, yeah, that a common friend of us who is now actually recently departed invite, invited me to, Brad Rainey, who is a good dude, man. And from the moment I met him, I knew that he was A, a skilled networker, B, a value-added, driven business owner. And then I quickly figured out that he is a bit of a wizard when it comes to uh, video production, video strategy, and talking about it. Because then I saw him at this business boot camp talking about a word, propinquity, when it comes to video that we're going to get into next. Uh, my good friend, the uh, are you the are you the CEO of Siski Productions or uh, no? I'm a, I'm a, a co-founder. My my wife is the CEO. Let's make sure we get that right on there on uh, camera. There you go. The CEO's <laughs> husband and co-founder of Siski Productions, Andrew Cardi. Welcome to the show, my friend. Well, thank you, Paolo. That was a really uh, really uh, nice and kind kind introduction. And uh, yeah, it, you know, Pablo, I just have to say, I feel like you're one of these people that like. When we met, it felt like we had known each other so many years. And even now I'm like, you say, you know, oh, we met this many years ago. I was like, no, 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 no. That was just the, the, that one thing. But we've, you know, it, it, you just have that, uh, that energy, that persona, that uh, characteristic about you that, uh, I don't know, it feels like I've known you for forever. So I'm, I'm glad to finally be on your show. <laughs> That's probably my favorite compliment, man. Right. Like, and I feel that way about you too, man. So, uh, but speaking of people that we've known forever, we got community members that are, that are back in the house, checking in, in the chat. We got Aaron Lubin, one of the funniest people I've ever met from Boston that I met in Dallas recently. We got my boy, Jesse Rittenhouse from Miami. Welcome, Jesse. I think this might be the first time of you attending a live show, man. Pumped to have you on board. He's a he's a green building expert, extraordinaire, and a great marketer. Don Bates is back. Don, I love having you part of this community. She's still in Panama. I'm not jealous at all. Love Panama. We got Ruan, our community manager, who is helping you out in the chat. If you need anything, you let her know. Aaron's requesting we are the champions from boss. We got Trina. She is an energetics coach and the host of the Field Guide to Awesome podcast. Awesome. And then one of my other man crushes, Jerdy Gershbein, the coolest, the coolest man on the most stylish man on LinkedIn, who says he's familiar with Propinquid. He's currently writing about it. He's out of Chicago, dominates the second city improv scene. And let's kick it off, my friend Andrew. We we kind of we kind of tease this. We kind of tease this idea of propinquity, but I also want yeah. to reframe something real quick. Yeah. As we promoted this episode, right? Like I, I think as marketers and as people that love our craft, we get we go way down this idea of like these fancy words of the things that we're actually really doing, which is organizational storytelling. And it makes 
perfect sense to us, but the best performing post I put about this conversation is if you're going to hire a video guy, you got to show up, (laughs) right? And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about video strategies and how that relates to organizational storytelling. So Andy, why why don't you tell me why video is so important? Well, I think this is something that is not the golden epiphany here, but video is so prevalent now. And and even 15 years ago, it was a much harder thing to create good quality video and also see good quality video and interact with it. But now the way that our social media is, the way that our companies, even our communication on a daily basis is stories, visual interaction is really how people prefer to communicate. Um, and I think that's why video is it needs to be such a key part of your strategy, key part of your daily communications with people because I mean kind of already is. And so why not use that to your advantage? Why not use that to the growth of of your goals and, and your team? What's this what's this SAT word propinquity all about? Tell me about that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So propinquity, it's one of those fun words, you know. So and listen, man, I've, I've used it a ton. Since I know, I know. I, I know. love using big words to impress people. Go ahead. Uh, I know. Well, you know, so I was definitely one of those kids that like I would I would get so excited for the spelling bee. So, I mean, you find a good word and you run with it. But propinquity basically is that connection that you have, that familiarization that you that your brain uh, ties to something that you see often. Right. So think about maybe somebody here knows him, but like LeBron James, like you can watch all the stuff about LeBron James and you're like, oh, man, like. I think we'd be really good friends. I really like LeBron James. It's because you're seeing him visually. You're seeing him do these things that you feel connect and relate to you. And so there's this built-in sense of camaraderie, this built-in connection. Your brain fills in these pieces here. And that's what propinquity basically is. So you have a favorite uh, news anchor or, you know, vice versa. You know, you see somebody on the news or you hear somebody talking and you're like, oh, gosh, like, I just... I can't stand that person. I would never, I, I would never like that person, whatever it might be. But it's a really, it's a really neat concept because what it allows you to do from a from a business, a brand, from even just building relationships with your family and your friends or people you want to be friends with, the more that you can have that front facing, that interaction, those points, that allows them to feel more trust and build that that trustworthiness, that authenticity with them. So propinquity is a fun way of saying that sense of getting to know somebody, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. Don Don puts here in the chat, propinquity, the state of being close to someone or something, proximity or close quit kinship. Right. And it's, and it's, it's what you said. It's, it's that feeling of, I feel like I know this person Yeah, and, and how that plays in your head based on how much you've been exposed to that person. Right. And, and video is this way of establishing this sense of closeness with people, right? Like this idea that I feel like Jack Black and I might be best friends if I get to know him, but he has no idea who I am. And if I see him somewhere, right? Like that, that feeling that I feel to celebrities online on that I've seen on TV growing up is now the kind of feeling that you can establish with people based on the ability to distribute videos of yourself and them consume it on LinkedIn or YouTube or or even podcasts, right? Podcasting yeah. is a big propinquity builder because I, I feel like that feeling of having somebody in your earphones, the way that you listen to like your your tapes or your CDs growing up, right? Like my 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 affinity for Trent Reznor is because he was in my because <laughs> he was in my headset all the time, right? 
Yeah, yeah, and you know it is it is a really fascinating thing because when you when you can build those relationships and that familiarity, it really allows you to kind of move past some of the the cut through some of those prejudices, cut through some of the innate skepticism that exists when you're present, when you're building this relationship in a way that feels honest, that feels authentic. Suddenly I can say a thousand times in a, in, well, maybe not a thousand times, but there's a little more grace given to somebody when you're like, ah, you know, okay, Jack Black, you know, okay, hey, you just had a bad day, Jack Black. Like tomorrow, you're still my best buddy. And I think that's where, in particular, when you look at like Instagram and you look at even like TikTok and you see celebrities that are doing well on there, it's really where that really is cutting through and allowing them to build that with this fan base. And then now they're translating that into their other ventures or whatever else it might be, you know? There you go. There you go. So that's, that is the case for video, right? Which we are both buyers in. I'm, I know that. Our, our community that's here in the chat is buys into it. I want to welcome back Ice Artie. Welcome back to the show, man. I want to welcome back Jen Filzen to stalwarts here in the B2B community builder community so far. And all right, so now let's talk. That's video. I feel like anybody can just throw up a video camera, go live on Facebook. You can publish on Instagram, whatever, whatever, whatever. What is the difference between just video for social media and organizational storytelling, Andrew. Yeah. And that's a really fantastic question, Pablo. And, and I think that's one where there's, it's a little bit about the mission and the, and the, the vision you have for the content you're creating. And I think video on social media really has this sense of a pretty short shelf life, right? I mean, this video by next week, there's going to be a new episode. And so, and so we'll, it'll be replaced. Maybe this has life after that. People can find it again. Hopefully something we say may spark something, but it has a pretty short shelf life. When you think about organizational storytelling, it's really about coming to an organization and building a process, a system of saying, here are the stories that we find in this company. Here's how we find them. Here's how we tell them. Here's, here's why we tell them, the way we tell them. And that will almost always result in social media video that will result in uh, uh, text in your brochures and in your onboarding conversations, but it also results in conversations around the water cooler. It results in hiring decisions. It results in, in how do I know who to, who to promote? How do I know how to engage the next level of our company? Organizational storytelling is, is kind of this, this liquid, if you will, that will fill each part of an organization to fill the need that it has in that part of that organization because stories are everywhere and, and we don't need to limit a story just to a video. A lot of times that's the, one of the best ways to release a story, but that story is built, created, curated, owned before it ever gets to video. And I think that's where you see, I mean, so an example being you have companies that producing a lot of content, but none of that content sticks it's they're shooting it. There's people that are incredibly good at shooting a lot of stuff that goes nowhere. It does nothing. And it, and it doesn't grow, not an audience, not a company. And then there's other people that release very few amount of content, but those stories are so clear, so compelling, so inviting that you're drawn to it. And anytime that piece of content comes out, it's it has this ripple effect into the next one. So I, I think to me, when I look at the value of storytelling and then in the context of organizational storytelling, 
It's really about where is that culture? What is that mission and vision of the company? And how do we then take the stories you have and create and release them to the mediums where, where they're received? Video, web, wherever it might be, you know? I love that, man. I love, I love how you broke that down. As, as you were saying that, I had kind of like an aha moment. I had this yeah. aha moment of it's kind of the difference between having a business idea and then just going out and knocking on doors and selling stuff or writing a business plan, creating your marketing strategy, going to market in a certain way with like uniform messaging, right? To me, the idea of storytelling when you are thinking about what your content is going to be and what your, you know, how you distribute it and and architecting all that is kind of like the business plan of your communications is your is your story that you're trying to tell is kind of what landed Very on. Very much so. And I think they go hand in hand, Pablo, because I think when you when you have a clear idea of the types of stories that that you have and the types of stories that you are telling it kind of tells you what you can build and what you can go for. Like if I'm, we're a pretty small team. We, we are very intentional in that way. We, we don't really want to become a very large company, but if I'm setting goals or pretending to tell stories that are pitching myself as that, there's going to be a disconnect between the customers that work with me and the people that we get to when they come and they go, Oh wait, you don't have a thousand employees. Like, so the stories have to be honest. You have to build with what you have but if you know what you have, what you can build, it is that cyclical kind of nature to it. Mm. And you bring up another great point. That's when someone is thinking, why would I spend time thinking about how I'm going to tell a story? If I can just go out and tell it, you're bringing up this idea that when you execute this correctly, it makes you punch above your weight class, right? Oh, like, very and- much so. Very much so. And I think that's where where we've always seen it. I mean, I've been, I've been in this space since 2000. 2005 maybe mm-hmm. different hats over the years but but in this space and and as you see just the the rapid saturation of of these practices right facebook live or, or live streaming and certainly covid has kind of brought that to another space but it is kind of ebb and flow but there's always going to be a large amount of people that that do it that do these things that this is how i do it or let me just do it but the people that are really at the top that are succeeding and kind of the, the cream of the crop, if you will, are ones that say all of these mediums can change. The, the technology may change, but there's going to be some core things in there. And that's executing the, the, the foundational storytelling, the, the foundational ability to articulate who we are, what we do, how we solve your problems. And those are the ones that no matter what it is, they're going to last through however saturated a market can be. And I think that's an exciting thing to be in, you know, when you start looking at that and start seeing, oh, you know, if I can start mastering these things, if I can start practicing them, even in this context, if I can practice storytelling in, in this space and in the time that I'm at right now, then wherever my company grows, whatever divisions come or leave, there's always going to be an ability to, to respond, use their tools in the right way to get where I want to go. Awesome, man. Awesome. And, and as we are clearly talking about the concept of storytelling, that is how you how you craft this whole thing. I think the execution of storytelling, the, the blocking and tackling, as it were, is where you put your video that says this and where you put your exactly. messaging that says that and where you put your picture that says this in what mediums. But before we get there, and, I'm, and, and I want to get there, yeah, it's also highlighting what I'm trying to highlight on this. It's the difference between 
hiring a videographer and hiring a business strategist that knows how to use video to execute strategy, right? Like this is, yes. this is, this is why you're here. So I would love to, I'd love to just kind of go back in time a little bit to yeah. when you became that guy. Like what was the, what was the first time that you felt truly that you went from like, man, I just shot a great piece of content for someone then to, man, I just implemented a legit strategy here. And now I'm now an advisor, not just a content creator. Yeah. And I would say like, I feel like I'm I'm constantly evolving in that space. I think it was, we were in year eight of Siski Productions. And I think it was year, maybe two or year three, we did a project for a client of ours. It was a training video and we were creating a, it was a training video for their employees that were spread out across the United States. All 50 states, they had employees. They were all operating. There was some. There was a probably seventy-five percent of the of the uh, act, uh, the action that they were doing had some personal element to it, and then twenty-five percent was this process. But with the problem they were having was that everybody was executing to different levels. Confidence levels were higher and low, and so we needed to create a training video that was across the board. You're going to be rewarded or punished based on this, and this is the line. Bring your personality. All these things. And what happened was when we got into that conversation, the, you know, we went and I said, all right, you know, let's look at the script. There was no script. And I said, all right, well, let's get into talking about what is it that makes, what makes a good employee this. And so we probably spent two months with various teams, various owners and leaders in this company gathering different ideas of, of how would I do this? What makes this a good employee? What makes this a good process? We came down to a script. We filmed that script, but in the course of filming the script, we also said, well, this is good for the employees, but how do we look at it from a, from a, a, a consumer perspective? You know, somebody that's coming and having to trust this person across the table to give me good advice. It was a coaching environment. So how do I, how do I go into this environment and instill this confidence and instill this ease that I could trust this person that they're going to execute well? And so we created a couple pieces of content for the customer side, they could release to their clients. And then at the same time as this, we were saying, well, you know, we're trying to get more clients for you. Why don't we talk to some of your current clients and, and help them understand and inform us, inform you about what they like about working with you. And so we got four or five of their clients. And so by the end of this process, I mean, it was a, it was probably a longer project than we anticipated. I, I, I can't, I can't say at the time that we were a profitable project. I don't know, you know, but, uh, Obviously, the lessons learned from it were fantastic because we were able to go in and say, you know, in without extending our production time in terms of without having to add, you know, five or six days of shooting, we added a half a day of shooting and we came away with, I think, 10 pieces of content when the first conversation we had was really, we just needed a training video for this. And so uh, what I've always enjoyed and what I've done since then is really try and say, well, the question behind the question is really like, well, if we want this video to be uh, successful and excellent, well, what are the things that are either needed for this video to be excellent in a sense of we need to know what makes a good employee or not, um, or what are the things that are right next to it that'll make this that'll that'll make this video successful or be the next domino that this can knock over? So, you know, we have something great for your employees. And we want your employees to love working here and know expectations and have clear idea. But we can also use these testimonials to inspire them to, to create recruiting videos for them when they 
when they hear about lives changed by working for you, man, I want to get on that. My personality is going to draw me to that. As a customer, when I'm coming and I'm seeing your, you know, you've got some well-known, recognizable faces talking about how easy it is to work with you. You've got products that I can give to my staff to say, you trust them, use this product. There, there's so many more things that you can have. And so I think that's really where it started year two. And, and since then, you know, there's times where we've worked with companies where really it is, you know, we have we have we have a tip of the iceberg that we need to execute. And and then from there we can come back in and say, that was done. Now let's look at these things. But even even when we're even when we're just coming in to execute like a like a SWAT team type of thing, even when we're coming in to do that. I always am trying to help our clients and help the people we partner with, our referral partners or strategic partners, help them say like, oh, like there's this ecosystem and this and this just wide range of content that can exist even in a 15-minute interview. And, and what can I pull from it? What can I draw from that? My favorite part of the work I do is interviewing people. And, and I've interviewed hundreds of people in the course of the work that we've done. And I always love being able to say like, you know, well, my favorite question to ask is at the end of an interview and it says, well, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Probably nine times out of 10, you know, somebody will say something like, well, I, I could have saved, you know, 14 and a half minutes of the interview just for this 30 seconds because you get into this rhythm. And so most of the time when you're, when you're filming or you're filming yourself or, or, you know, you're coming in with a script, you're, you're checking these boxes off. And so what we try and do as a strategic partner is come in and say, we will check these boxes and these are content we can pull. But in between these lines, here's another piece, here's another piece. And if I take A and B from here and add it to C, suddenly this speaks to your number one persona. And, and this one over here, I can pull this 15 seconds and now you've got a Instagram video. And it's all about it's all about uh, curating and, and those, stir, those stories as best as you can. Uh, that, was that a is lot. a peak. Sorry, I was yeah, excited. yeah, no, no, no. That was just like a peek behind the curtain of the mind of a storyteller, right there, right? Like I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna simply, I, I want to summarize some of the stuff, please, there, that Sorry. you just talked about, and what I'm hearing from you. So, so I'm gonna say what I heard from you. Then please. I'm going, then I'm going to kind of like pose something that I'm going through right now that illustrates that same thing, and then I want to go into the blocking and tackling of how it's actually done, yeah. and I want to encourage our community. If you are thinking of a content piece for yourself and you want to run it past Andrew, pop it into the Q&A and or let me know that you want to come on screen and ask him a question and you can be part of the show, right? So start thinking about that if you are if you're with us right now. So basically what I heard from you, Andrew, is that most people, when they think of one piece of content that they really, really want, they don't realize how much more it can be. It can actually turn into as long yeah. as you think of it strategically. Yeah. And thinking of it strategically essentially starts with understanding what the outcomes that you're trying to get out of it and the ancillary outcomes that could come with it. And when you're trying to maximize those outcomes, it starts with the conversation that you're going to have on the front end. So the interview of what you are organizing and the way that the way that the interviewer is going to execute the conversation will allow for that alchemy to happen in the post-production at a, at a maximum level. And something else that I want to say is as an interviewer, that question of, is there anything else? 
is generally is generally where the gold is, right? Like you can be in this long conversation. I learned that one from Christopher Lockhead because he's a he's a top rated podcaster. I've started implementing that in just about all my conversations because you you really start to get some some great gold there. Is that a pretty good summary? Yeah, that's a great that's a great summary. And and I should have had you say that, and then I could expand. <laughs> no, it's great, man. It's great. I was just summarizing what you say, man. So let's let's get into a use case, right? Because I'm I'm in this. Yeah. I'm in this moment right now. Yeah. I just had a, a friend and client of mine, Brett Ruiz. He called me up. He's got a design build uh, kitchen and bath remodeling company out of Medina, Ohio. Yeah. And he called me up. He's like, hey, man, I'm thinking about putting together a video that when my guys are walking the job site, when they're already at someone's home, the homeowner can watch the video and know what to expect and know the process. I'm like, Brett great idea, dude. Like good, good job for forward thinking of like giving the client a great experience, thinking of that time of when your guys in their home, you know, like to build that propinquity and and like really differentiate yourself. But if you think about this a little bit more strategically, the effort you're going to spend in making that video, we can turn into a whole bunch of other stuff. And in my head, this is where I went with it. I'd love to get your feedback. Yeah. And then maybe we can break down how we would do that in a certain, in another scenario. I was like, you know, that, you know, that all of your clients go through a certain journey, right? They go through the, oh man, there's something happening in my kitchen that, you know, I'm not super happy with. Then they go through the you know, it's time to get a new kitchen. Then they go through like, oh God, all right. That means I got to start calling contractors or is that the first move? Then they go through the, um, what is this contractor going to show up and tell me peace? And like, how do I get the best service out of it? Then they go to the, you know, am I going to evaluate, you know, like how do I evaluate all these different proposals? And then they go to, you know, to this idea of like, what's next. Yeah. So if you're going to, if you're going to shoot this content piece, why don't we line up you know, a series of your clients and go through that conversation with them of what they were going through during that time. Mm -hmm. And then we can make a video that is your past clients telling your future clients kind of like what they learned through the process at all these different stages. And on top of that, we can chop it out and use that in the different moments of like, Hey, you got to first, you know, the, the, when is your space so uncomfortable that you need a remodeling can just be like top of funnel advertising. Mm-hmm. The other stuff can be when they reach out, Hey, this is what you should expect. These are best practices, right? Like we can use it in different moments. And on top of that, you know, we can, we can now put video into the entire process of asking for a, you know, asking for a quote and onboarding and actually be giving them advice based on what your other clients have experienced that your clients that you interview, we can also make little hero pieces about how awesome their kitchen is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. Like, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing this at the end of, at the beginning of March up in Ohio. Can't wait to see Ohio during Lake effect, Lake effect weather. But, uh, but you know, like that, that was kind of the, that was kind of the aha moment I had that I was like, Oh, I need to, I need to talk to Andrew about how he executes on this. Yeah. Is that kind of like what you're talking about? What I just illustrated and yeah. And, you know, yeah. You know, cause you really think about, you think about all of the different times and ways that somebody would interact with your brand in in a in a moment like that you know and so and so it's a i have a problem and so let me create content that that kind of triggers the problem you know like triggers the hey i know you have a problem or these are issues that our other clients have faced and i and i do agree with you pablo i think testimonials are one of the the absolute best ways to to build relationship with your clients 
because it's uh, one, you get to see people that you can maybe relate to or connect to. And also you're hearing, you're hearing this hero journey and you're not having to tell the, your clients, I'm a hero. Somebody else is telling you, telling, telling them for you, you know, but yeah, I mean, and I think the only other, the, the other places are like, how do I build that trust? Knowing that this is a trust transaction, someone's spending money with me, someone's having to, someone's having to trust somebody come into a house. I'm having to compete against other people that may be cheaper, that maybe, you know, whatever it might be and all the other variables that are out of my control, you know? So I think it's about where can I find ways to create content, short bite-sized pieces that can just build up that confidence in who we are. One of the other areas that you may want to consider too, is depending on how big his team is, but even doing something like a quick little video of the guys before they even go into the house. And so it can shoot a video like, Hey, Joe's on his way to your house. There's a video of Joe and, you know, some of the testimonials, if there's something tied to Joe and it's like, Hey, Joe just did this project. And that way, that way, the person who opens the door is, is, has more knowledge than the guy who's ringing it. Right. They're going to, they're going to know what that guy looks like before he gets there. And so they've got that extra little bit of information, you know, that's a great, that's that's a great call. Make a, make a video. So by the way, this is something that we had discussed I think, I think it was on our onboarding call, but I, I, so. I also ended up talking with Brett about it of this like idea of like, if you make a video of your team, now you as a CEO don't have to always be the face of the company Oh yeah, in, in other situations, right? Like they know who's coming to their door because they've developed that propinquity yeah. based on having seen that video, right? Yeah. And I don't have to talk to, I don't have to, I don't have to call Brett, like, you know, Billy, who's at my door, like he has as much expertise and I have the confidence in his expertise as Brett, you know, and that way, if Brett ever does get involved, it actually adds another layer of this, like, oh man, like I'm either super special because now I've got these other layers or it's this, you know, okay, I'm talking to the, I'm talking to this, it's gotten, you know, up the ladder as needed, you know, but yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the best ways to, to go about it, you know, and then if you have, you think about two, the things that are the other areas, the next layer of that would be well, what are the things that somebody's like before they make a decision to completely redo their kitchen? Are there things that that Brett and his team can say like, all right, hey, maybe you're not ready for a full remodel, but here's some things you can do to improve the quality of your kitchen or here's some at-home things. You know, Anybody can YouTube, but the problem is there's so many things on YouTube that you got to wade through like, how do I pick a good sink or how do I, you know, from a design perspective, how do I even match these things? And I'm probably paying somebody an ex, you know, I'm, I want an expert to come in to make it look as pretty as it does on all Pinterest. But if, if there's content that they can create, that's sharing some of that design expertise or some of the DIY little things that can prepare those clients and prep them, suddenly you're, you're, you're reaching to your customer journey before they've even started. You're kind of planting the seeds that eventually they're going to be somebody. And, and if they're not, you still are somebody that they feel connected and and they want to refer to you, even if they're never going to be purchasing a, you know, $20,000 kitchen or something like that, you know? Yeah, man. So, so, so what I'm hearing is basically we've gone from making a video that just keeps a client occupied while you're walking their space and gives them some instructions to making videos that will educate the market on how to do this on their own, which builds yep. credibility, right? Like before even needing you. We've made videos that add credibility to your teammates when they show up to the door and makes that client 
much more likely to trust that person that they're dealing with as opposed to just the head of the company. Yeah. We're, we're talking about taking a short video and then also enabling you know, sales development all the way around it and enabling referrals. If we're also yep. giving it to the client to just share about how awesome their kitchen is. And that's the, you know, that storytelling framework of finding, you know, many pieces of gold out of one nugget. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, and I think that's, I think that's one of those things where it's most of the time with video, the biggest challenge that people have, and, and myself included in this, like is, is the mental blocks that we put in the way of this, right? Shooting a video with my phone is not hard, but you can overthink it. You can, you can stutter, stutter your way through too many options. And I think that's the way most people approach video. A, a lot of companies, clients, I know I want video, but I either way overthink it or I settle for something. I got a steak dinner in front of me and I'm, you know, I'm eating the broccoli and and that's it. And I, cause I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do with this. So I think that's where for us, we really enjoy those strategic conversations because sometimes it runs and it's in a completely different direction than when we start, but we want to be part of that sparking that idea and, and that ownership of the team to, to own those stories without having that mental weight of, you know, oh gosh, like what we just talked about could be 50 videos. And for some people, it's like 50 videos. How the heck am I ever going to do that? I haven't even done one. A lot of that, like, you know, you're probably only talking, you know, 10 or 12 videos that then convert into those 50. But still, yeah, have to you have to be willing to think a little more spatially than necessarily just ABC, if you will. Oof. That was a golden nugget right there. I'm going to have my team clip that and paste that across all my social media channels. So if you could just give this a pause right now, go into the show notes and connect with me on whatever platform you like to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever you want to be a part of my life in connect with me there. I'm going to share that clip and you can share it with your friends so that they get the same lesson. It'll be adding value to their life. And while you're at it, Go ahead and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Hit five-star review, right? You don't have to leave a review. You just got to hit five stars. If you want to leave a review, cool. And maybe send the episode to your friend. That would be awesome. That's it. I'm done. Back to the show. Yeah. Jesse, I'd love to hear from you, man. I know that you're doing some of this stuff over at Spinnaker Group of shooting videos with your clients and how you've thought through it. So I'd love it if if you wanted to come on or if you have a specific question in the, in the Q&A, I would love to answer it. In the meantime, there's an interesting conversation going on in the chat between JD and Don. And JD is essentially stating, well, first, let me preface this. We've yeah. talked a lot about the strategy piece, right? Like hiring a videographer that is a strategist is, is clear to me. Right. Like that, that is what we've been talking about. But then there's also the, the, the decision based around your equipment and the quality and, and the visual quality of the content that it creates. And JD is a believer. He's saying he believes that the honeymoon is over when it comes to distributing video that is raw and subpar. We should all be sticklers for quality. If we're going out there as content creators, we should be consensual, conscientious media producers and give our community a solid viewing experience. Do you agree? And Don is, you know, she's kind of clapping back saying, listen, that might work for you, JD, who lives up in Chicago and you got your network up there, but she's a, she's a traveler and she is, you know, she, she, she's in different places and she's a book writer. Right. So like, where are you as far as 
the ROI on investing in the quality equipment and 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 how it all looks like where does that fit in the order of priorities yeah this is one of those philosophical debates that that has existed since since the dawn of 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 the record button i think so i'm not going to cop out and say i agree with both but let me just say why i agree and disagree with both right so Perfect. i jd i definitely agree with because there is such a saturated market that if if you're coming into this space now and and wanting to be a content creator i really think you you know you really have to hustle to build a, a certain level of community but if you're coming in just creating content you really would have to stand above what's out there right now at least be comparable to the top performers right and so i think in that sense gear and how you present yourself really does make a difference you know if if i'm just going to you know if i'm going to try and replicate even what you're doing pablo and and one of the reasons i'm so excited about being part of the course is that i, I want to learn how to do it but if i'm coming in and i'm you know my sounds off my video i'm sitting in front of a big window with a bright like people have seen better things and so they're not going to give you the patience for you to learn how to be better right now like that that i think i think you're right jd i think that the, the time is over for that you know even in film like feature films and tv shows you know we're we're being a little bit more picky in what we're seeing and and what we're tolerating now granted though you have plat you, this is where i'm going to go with, with donna is that there are platforms where uh lesser quality production actually is what you need i mean TikTok videos, if they're highly produced, it's suspicious. You know, you're like, oh, what? The let the raw they are, the the you know the the obese British lady with the camera at her chin talking and doing the com live commentary on stuff, it still is going to go well. You know, and that's what it is. You know, but she's also not trying to build a huge community of content creators or or get a certain message out. You know. And I think too. So I think that's where, for me, the tension is always in: who am I speaking to, and what are the things that they want to hear, and what are they looking to see and experience? And and so for for me personally, I uh, I kind of I want to generally have the idea that I'm not uh, coming wearing a tuxedo to you know a dinner party when everyone else is in shorts and a t-shirt but i also want to be a little better dressed than everybody i want to look a little better because this is what i'm trying to teach this is what i'm trying to be who i'm trying to do uh, what i'm trying to trying to accomplish so i think it's really about knowing who that audience is and knowing where you can elevate it while still being honest and connected to them right That's case in point you know i mean the last last point on that is this is you know, for what you were saying, Dawn, of being a, um, you know, a traveler and, and being maybe creating content about the different places. I mean, you're there's so many different genres of of travel content that it depends on what you're trying to do and what the what audience, what community you're trying to build. Well, the contents you want, you know, are, are you trying to compete with the GoPro, you know, daredevil guys that are jumping off cliffs with GoPro, or like you're like. Oh, this is a music video from a DJ in Europe. This is their, you know, this is this is what this is. Or is it like I'm educating on culture? It, it, again, it really is, 
you know, who am I telling this story to? And what are they going to listen? What are they going to respect about what they see? You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's really good context. So just, just FYI, Don is a, Don is a writer on like really heavy issues, but she is nomadic in her lifestyle, right? Okay, like great. it's not, okay, great. but so I like how you contextualize it to dress code, right? Cause I know that if I show up to a tuxedo just about anywhere in Jacksonville, I'm going to be a laughing stock, right? But I also am the guy that's usually in a blazer when other people are not, right? Yeah, yeah. So my my philosophy overall on dress code, and I think with content it applies as well, is that I always rather be slightly overdressed and slightly underdressed. Yeah. And and the slightly underdressed guy, and even even the guy in in flip flops and and a and a t shirt at a tuxedo party, if you're the smartest guy in the room or smartest woman in the room, you're still going to be able to hold court, right? It's just going to take you a little. It's going to be a little bit harder to do so. And if and if you show up looking really sharply dressed, it's going to be a little bit easier to get you know to 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 get that buy in and get your point across. And I never thought about that with content, but it makes a lot of sense because. <laughs> I've, I've made a lot of shitty looking content, right? Like, and to JD's point, maybe the time is up for that, right? Like I, I, I've been experimenting with content now for a long time and it served me well, but I have noticed. And, and by the way, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, if you're going to go with hierarchy, you go with story and then quality of yeah. like, you know, of, of, of production, right? Cause yeah. that at yeah. the end of the day is I'd rather be the smartest guy in the room than the best dressed guy in the room. Because again, it's strategy versus versus tactics. Um, but what I have definitely found that is undeniable is that the pieces that I the pieces that I produce that are produced by a cameraographer with really good lighting and and you know whatever whatever and good graphics and whatnot outperform pieces that are of equal variety. That's just me talking to Zoom or me talking to my phone. Yeah, you know, and I think you know so. So here, here's a quick story to kind of demonstrate the value of, of, of both sides of this coin, right? So one of our realtors here in Jacksonville, one of the top performing teams, they've been a client of ours for now, you know, eight, nine years, right? And he still spends probably, you know, 75% of the content that they put out is, is him with his phone. And when we first started working with him, the phones weren't as good as they are now. And he was shooting with an iPad in his office and it looked awful. But we produced a couple kind of first entry point contact kind of videos, really nice that were produced. We used a, a teleprompter, which we then realized probably wasn't right for him, but you know, we, we worked around it. We learned our things. And those pieces did so well for him, partially because they looked really good. They're better than any, you know, most realtors aren't going to invest like that in themselves. Yeah. But then also the moment, the next video they got was a personalized message from him where the quality wasn't that great. But it made it feel so much more intimate. This mm. is somebody that's that's speaking directly to me. It's this there's this level of of connection where if we had uh, produced all of those videos in that same kind of tone, that same look, the same feel, it may have lost some of that. And so you have to be real careful with that. Obviously, that's a lot attention line that you walk. But when you think about the type of content that you create for your company, it doesn't all need to be a certain look, a certain I don't even think it has to be a certain standard. Uh, you have to have standards, but it didn't have to stay a certain standard the entire time. And what we found for him was that he actually had, you know, he'd get really great open rates on that first email, that nicely produced video. And then whatever that action step that he had in that 
direct intimate one one-on-one video he had a huge click-through rate on whatever that was you know sign up for my newsletter whatever it was it wasn't always like finish this watch it wasn't always the open race but the action people responded to because they was here he was i'm looking right at you i'm talking to you so i don't know i think it's i think it's really important and when you consider that you know when we're talking about the you know the the dynamics of it like it's important that you consider what that looks like and how your audience is responding to it and receiving it. But I also think you don't have to get, I don't think you have to back yourself into a corner to always have to have the top tier gear. I also think you don't want to ignore it completely thinking that your story is going to be powerful enough to cut through all of the other obstacles you're putting in your listeners way by having poor audio and and visuals, you know? Got it. Got it. And to, and just to kind of put a button on that point, I'd like to yeah. move through this really, really quickly yeah. and, and then get more into strategy. Right. But like, yeah. I think as far as equipment goes for somebody nomadic like Don, yeah. you're a, a high quality iPhone, you know, one of these little things that one of these like stands that can also be a selfie stick yeah. and a couple of Lav Max mics that you plug into your iPhone with a ring light and you're golden. It's really kind Perfect. of like the yeah. size of your toothbrush yeah. and 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 a couple bars of soap and oh and, yeah and you're going to be able to like greatly elevate that right oh yeah no need no need for for more than that cool man cool so i wanted to touch into I'm, i want to get into jesse's question but i want to digest it while i ask you another question we talked about something that i find fascinating that is this this idea that video allows you to scale yourself right like you, we were just talking about it before the call whether it is to recruit talent or to recruit employees, being able to storytell via the video, via the video medium allows you to kind of be in every room without having to leave your office. You want to kind of tell me a little bit about that and, and how it's actually affecting you right now? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I do think that's one of the most amazing things about, about video right now is because it become, because it's, excuse me, <coughs> Because it's becoming so widely adopted and and an acceptable means of communication, what that's allowing you to do is to use it to start the conversations and start these moments of conversation. Right? I mean, I think about you know one of the one of the best places. The blog is one of the best blogs on there for using video in your sales process. Is a company Vidyard. If you haven't if you haven't done a deep dive in their stuff, it's it's well worth it. Gold right there. The platform itself is great too, but but one of the things that that I think is really is important and, and a value add of using video is you can record a simple video of you know what are those process of a sales what's that process of onboarding what's that it's probably something you're saying repeatedly and if it's something you're saying repeatedly it's great it's a great feed for some video and if there's if there's exit points that you can then take it off screen and make it a phone call or, you know, where you need to find those exits and entry points to it. But when you look at that as a, as a, as a bar or as a branch or as a journey, there's a lot of those spaces where it's like, man, am I saying the same thing all the time in a sales call? And, and it's the, it's the top of the funnel stuff. Well, that's, that may be a way that I can use a video and at least target some of the things and, and then be able to look and see who responded and then find a couple of those, you know, I can actually focus on the whales and not have to, you know, cast a net and try and get whales and fish and, you know, all the different types. That's kind of what I think is, is one of the valuable resources of, of being able to create video and use it along the way. And I guess to real quick, you know, to what you were saying, Pablo is, is I was sharing with Pablo, you know, we're 
at a at a next kind of growth stage or a place where we're looking to scale and and so you know we have some systems in place but I still am finding myself where I'm I am taking my time to touch and teach and and having to oversee some things where it's like man I could create videos for that I could have somebody else I could hire somebody in that role and they could create content internal content that then helps us to scale and and take care of some of these things and so I think as a as an organization, you you always want to be looking at that and seeing how can I be more efficient with my time and and you know is there a way for me to take this and turn this into a a good quality piece of content that I could use internally, externally, maybe even too, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think video as an efficiency play is an underrated tactic, man. It's like the mixture between frequently asked questions and propinquity, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's frequently asked questions plus networking in every room. You know? Oh like, yeah. I think it's huge. I think it's huge. All right. So, so Jesse's question. Yeah. Jesse asks, how do you make sure that video content connects with the audience you want when they are too busy to get, to get their attention? Do you break it into smaller pieces or try to make it part of your next meeting with them? And I'll give you context on Jesse. Jesse yeah. is the you know head of growth for a you know, top-notch green building consulting firm down in Miami called Spinnaker Group. He's building out a marketing plan and, and a go-to-market strategy for them. And I know that he's been doing some of these like content interviews with clients and other projects that they're doing. So again, I'll ask it. How do you make sure that video content connects with the audience you want when they are too busy to get their attention? Do you break it into smaller pieces or try to make it part of your next meeting with them? Yeah. And and so I guess maybe maybe Jesse, you could answer that. So what type of content or is it that you're creating right now for them that they're too busy to pay attention to or or that's content that you'd you'd put into a maybe maybe show in a meeting? What what would okay. that type of be? Well, as as far as I know right now, he's doing case studies with okay. his with, with his clientele of these like projects that have come out of the ground in Miami that are making yeah. these amazing impacts because of their high level of, of like green building certification and, yeah. the, and the tactics that they're employing. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I, I, I my, my gut, uh, my gut response on that would be, I would maybe make it, I would maybe simplify it. I'd maybe make it a little bit more, think more along the lines, like trailer to a movie type of thing. And like a teaser trailer, not, not the way that some trailers are where they show everything and they just I still the whole movie and all the jokes and I know I need to see it. You know, why would I watch the movie? You know, but you think about a trailer that's like that peaks. You you want to think about the content. If they're too busy to watch it, the two things that I would focus my content on would be inspire curiosity and, and, and demonstrate competence. And mm-hmm. so if you're in a space and you're reaching out to people that are familiar with your work or maybe, you know, know the buildings or know the projects, but maybe don't know that you're part of it. Maybe it's somewhat of a highlight reel or some piece of content that's kind of, you know, hey, we did these four projects and man, we'd love to talk to you about yours. You know, that's real way too simple right there. But it's, it's I want to show that I'm competent and worth your time to have a conversation. Or the second part might be, you know, that curiosity and, and what is the content that I'm creating that's sparking a sense of curiosity in the client, not necessarily a sales pitch, but uh, what's that curiosity? Why would I want green in my buildings? What what difference is that making to my bottom line or to my employees yeah. or my staff? You know, I think to answer the second part of that question, um, you know, even for me, I I kind of go back and forth on the value of playing videos in a meeting, 
it's hard to ask somebody to watch a video before they come to a meeting. Mm-hmm. But I think in that meeting itself, I think I would want to keep it pretty short. I wouldn't necessarily want to show like more than one video. I'd probably want to keep it to, you know, two, three minutes. Cause the problem is, is that you yourself, you know, sitting and watching a video, especially if you're in person, right? This is in person yeah. watching a video. There's, there's this inevitability of like, I'm watching to see their reaction, which can help me know where to go from there. But also I don't want that to go too long where they're aware that I'm watching them react. So I, I think there's a tension there and it's probably something you kind of have to figure out as you go into it and see. We've had clients that a large part of their, I mean, they're pitching large projects, MD Anderson type size projects. And so they use a video as a, you know, cover a lot of ground, present information, and then they're jumping into their presentation. And so, and those videos are two to three minutes at, at, at tops. So that's what I recommend on, on that based on the context that you shared, Pablo. Dude, that's that's really insightful, man. Because it's it's true. It is. And, and by the way, Roanne, let's make this a piece of micro content for Andrew because I think I think it just shows your expertise. We don't we don't think about like how awkward it is to like, hey, watch this video next to me, right? Like even even when I'm even when I'm sharing like a funny Instagram with my wife, it's just like I'm sitting here waiting for her to consume it, waiting to then talk to her about it. But it's an awkward minute and a half, right? So like, you got to think about that stuff, Jesse. If I was if I was if I was given a shot to answer your question here, man, I would. I would think about it in a couple of different ways that I would add to what Andrew said. One is, are you making content that they want to consume, <laughs> right? I think I think that's a really fundamental question. And if the stuff that you're making right now is stuff that they don't want to consume, then you got to prove to them that you can make content that they do want to consume yeah. before they will trust you with, hey, watch this. Right. So I've I've struggled with this with my show, right? Like I've I've thought very deliberately about like. What does my dream client want to learn about? That's why Andrew is here, right? Jesse, you are my dream client. We have talked many times about business development and, and how to adapt video. And look, you showed up to this thing because I know that this is a question that you have. So if I'm a, if I'm a developer in Miami thinking about going green and who I want to use in my, in my green certification and as an advisor, I'm probably looking for content around how does green building, you know, what kind of green building tips actually affect my performa? Yeah. You know, like that would be content that I would make and I would wrap that around whatever you're actually trying to tell them. Right. So like, if you, if you make a video that is, you know, the three things that actually make your building more valuable beyond the lead certification that is inside of a lead certification. And Oh, by the way, we do all that crap then they're going to then they're going to want to see that content and they're going to see it and as i think about the wrapping of it you know like one is the subject and and how valuable it is to them but the other thing is you know what we call the hook story offer kind of framework of how do you hit them with that like piece that is the punchline of the joke first so and and put a headline on it that tells you that there is a punchline that you want to see and then the actual video starts yeah. so that they're hooked from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of use, I use a method sometimes on a good number of our interviews where it's like exactly that. It's like, I call it a cold open, but it's really like a, what is, if, if you only watch these first 10 seconds, like it, you're, you're going to, you're going to get a gist of what the rest of the video is. And I think that's a great point, Pablo, because, you know, especially with the certification and stuff like that, if it's something that they, if there's, 
if there's value in terms of monetary or time saving or those pains that they have. And I know you know, I mean, I know, I know Jesse, you know them, right? Like we all know like, oh, this is the pain, this is the pain that they have, but it's about figuring out like, what is it that, that they win? What story do they get to tell? If, if you solve this for them, what, what is the story that, that they, that they are missing out on if you don't solve it for them? I mean, if everybody else is going green and they're still stuck in this, like they're going to, they're, they're going to lose out, you know, here, here in Jacksonville, the, the commercial and, and building market is just insane. And so, you know, even the clients that we're courting and talking to, it's like a lot of them, they're like, you know, I don't have time. I don't need to, I don't need to talk to you about this because I've got, I'm booked through the end of the year. It's like, well, okay, that's great. But you know, for me, I'm like, well, what was it like five years ago for you? And they're like, well, it was slow. It's like, okay, like eventually you're going to have to compete for the places you want to build. You're going to be competing. And how are you going to compete with the people that own that? They got to trust you. They got to know you. They love you. And so you got to think down the line as well as right now. And so that's where I, I mean, that's where I would say, and, and, and what Paulo was saying too, is I would, I'd lean in that way and say, oh man, like, how can I, how can I help them tell better stories with what they'll do because they work with us? Because they chose to work with us. Your story is going to be a thousand times better. This is what it sounds like. Oh, Love yeah. that. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Good call, man. Listen, dude, before we wrap up, is there anything else, Andrew? <laughs> what have I not hit? What have we not hit that you want to talk about, man? You know, I'm trying to think, Pablo. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I love storytelling. I have ever since I was a little kid in the church plays and uh, never left me. It's always been in my blood. And so any chance I get to uh, talk about helping people own the stories that they're telling and tell better stories, you know, that's time well spent. So thank you so much for letting me be on the show today. And, and, course too if i can talk with anybody outside the show hit me up yeah where do they where do they find you andrew yeah uh, linkedin linkedin's probably the best way i mean you can direct message me uh or uh it's called always visit our visit our website and stuff like that too so yeah (laughs) awesome man well we're gonna link all that stuff in the in in the show notes i appreciate you man like it's clear that this is your superpower right The, the way that you talk about this stuff i thought that you you came with some really good insightful practical tips from everything from like strategy to like equipment to the context of it all. So I really appreciate you making time for this, man. And I'm super, super pumped that you're going to be in the Relationship Flywheel Bootcamp that starts today. So if you are listening right now and you want to get in on the next round, right, we are teaching this methodology of how we execute on the live internet talk show and repurpose the content in a way to tell your story at scale all the time. First cohort starts today. We're launching another one in April. There's still a chance to get in. That is be the stage.live slash bootcamp. If you want to get in members of our community are in here, folks that showed up to this call, Andrew Trina's in on this and, awesome. and, and Jen, who was here earlier is also in on this. I just want to thank you, man. Like you've been, yeah. you've just been such a great part of my network since I've gotten here, right? Like you're one of the guys that I met early on when I was kind of going the entrepreneurial route. You've yeah. invited me to, to to networking events. You've given me advice. You've met me for coffee. You've been a friend and that doesn't go unnoticed. I really, oh, really appreciate you. that out of you, buddy. So I, I appreciate yeah. you kind of, you know, being part of the show and being on board on the bootcamp also and, and, and future collaborations that we have in store. 
Yeah. Well, thanks again, Pablo. Really, all of those uh, very kind things, and I feel the same way. So I'm uh, excited to uh, to learn and grow and continue to to build great things uh, together and and for our uh, for our uh, community here. Love it, man. And last but not least, I want to thank you, Don. I want to thank you, Ice. I want to thank you, Jesse. I want to thank you, Trina. I want to thank you, Jen. I want to thank you, JD. All of you that took an hour every day to just show up and be a part of this conversation. Really, really appreciate it. Next week, we got Nemanja Ziskovic. He's a, a Serbian friend of mine that I met on, on, on LinkedIn, who's grown his LinkedIn to 20,000 followers and has built a business off of it. So we're going to talk about exactly that, how to grow your LinkedIn to 20K, build wow. your business off it. Week after that, we got five strategies of high growth firms with Lee Fredrickson, who's done this in-depth research report of strategies that, that high growth firms have implemented that have grown their business. We got a bunch of other great stuff. So if you're listening on the podcast, it is not too late to join us live on Mondays. Would love to see you here. I want to thank my team. I want to thank everybody that's a part of this. Andrew, you're the man, dude. S- send us off. What is what is one piece of advice that you would give right now if you are thinking about investing in video production for your business? Oh, I would say do it. <laughs> do it. Practice. Get started. Don't don't wait to be perfect. Just do it. <laughs> love it, man. I'll see you soon. Boom. There you go. Video strategy for days. I would love to hear what you thought of that one. I would love to hear if it was obvious that I was all COVIDed up or if I just, you know, kind of came across a little stuffy. If you thought I did a good job with that interview, I would love to hear your takeaways more than anything, right? For me, what I really wanted you to learn is this idea that if you're thinking about this one piece of content, immediately think, what else can I make out of this and approach it that way? As long as you do a little preparation on the front end, you get a high level of ROI on the back end, which is how I think you should approach all the content you're making, whether it's your podcast or your webinar or your virtual event, or you're just shooting testimonial videos or you're shooting a training video. If you need help with that, I'm your guy. Hit me up, reach out to me, connect with me on LinkedIn, shoot me an email at you should at connectwithpablo.com. I would love to give you some advice on how to get the most out of it. My number one piece of advice is that you start your own content stream, that you be the stage. And we are right now pre-selling into our relationship flywheel bootcamp. We are on week three of the first session. We're getting amazing reviews and it's all about how you launch and execute your own weekly online talk show so that you can build strategic relationships with the people that you want to bring closer to your ecosystem while you're building strategic relationships with all of your clients and prospects and you're repurposing it into all your content leading to sales and leading to community for your business we would love to have you on the second cohort it's going to be even better than the first register for that at be the stage.live slash bootcamp and as always i'm going to thank my team number one i want to thank Rowan who helps me coordinate this she's the one that is helping me book the guests and she's in the chat managing the community i want to thank jp who's editing this stuff and putting it together i want to thank nicola who's turning into the best writer in the world on our team he's running the descriptions and the captions and stuff like that i want to thank joyce i want to thank joanna i want to thank marge i want to thank gina our coo and our chief heart officer who is the center of our culture and i want to thank my partner isar for jumping on this ride with me and helping us build out this business and remember until next time never forget 
that relationships will always be more valuable than transactions.